So I've been doing all this content, the podcast and then these streams on Twitch and they're really cool, but I'm feeling like I need somewhere to put them so that you can see all of this when you want to. Also, in the new year, I'm planning on, because I like it, uh, I'm planning on diving into a bit like different content that is not directly related to wrestling, but it's stuff that I like, like video games, which is something that I've tried on Twitch as well, and I like it, it works, and I would like to have a place to put all of that, but it feels weird to have it on the same YouTube channel what I have, my highlights, my matches, uh, content related to David Francisco the Wrestler, or David Francisco in wrestling. So, I have a second YouTube channel, and this is what I wanted to tell you about before we go into the podcast. It's Dave, sorry, it's DeFrancisco underscore two. And that's where I'm going to put all the content I'm going to do. Uh, like if you want to see some games, me, me playing games, me reacting to stuff, that's where it's going to go. But also that's where uh, the like clips from the streams that I do on Twitch are going to go. Uh, the matches that I've watched with people, I'm going to make them into videos and you can see them on YouTube and much more of stuff that happens like on the streams that I do live and that's where you want to go. So if you'd like to watch that, if you missed any of the streams that I've done and you like to watch it or you watch something again, then DeFrancisco underscore two on YouTube, that's where you can find all of that. I would love to have you there. Please subscribe. I need to get to 100 subscribers so I can get youtube.com slash DeFrancisco underscore two. So until then, you're going to have to search it, but I appreciate it. If you want to see some more David Francisco, if you want to see the conversations that I've been having with the great guests like the LGMO, Connor Mills, this one with Roy Johnson and more, join me on YouTube, DeFrancisco underscore two. Hello and welcome to the David Francisco podcast. I hope you're doing great. I have another guest today, another catch-up. This is a catch-up that happened on uh, Twitch live. Uh, so we do have a few conversations uh, with uh, the guests, the people that were on the chat asking questions. But uh, it is the conversations that I would record with my guests to put here on the podcast. For now, while I don't have uh, the opportunity to be face-to-face -face with people on shows to record these conversations, which is still the plan, I'm doing them on Twitch. And uh, you don't have to see them live on Twitch. If you don't want to, you can still listen to them here on the podcast. Today, it's a great conversation with Roy Johnson. We talk a little bit about uh, his start in wrestling and how he uh, in interlates with... In interlates? Intercepts? Intercalates? Whatever I'm trying to say. How it associates uh, with my start here in the UK. Uh, even though like I've wrestled for years before he did in Portugal. Uh, the stories about the first impression that he had of me and the first training session that I had uh, here, which he was at. Uh, and then we talk a little bit about uh, our the first match that I had here in the UK was teaming with Roy Johnson against the Geezers. We talk about how things were at that time, his time in progress, how he's facing and how he's thinking about his future, the future of Roy Johnson, the wrestler. And of course we had to we talk about ibiza which is one of his great passions and uh, and loves we even talk about like the the goals that he has for his life uh, it was a really good conversation that i'm very excited to share with you here so let's do it it's a catch-up with roy johnson 
here on the David Francisco podcast. I don't know when you started wrestling, when you started training, right? I know that actually, like, I know that you went to a progress show once, right? And they talked about the, um, the academy and you just joined the pro draw immediately. Was that, is that how it happened? Um, kind of, right. So like, I've been going to progress since like 2013. Um, if you watch back some of the shows in 2014, you'll probably be able to pick me out in the crowd. What's the earliest memory that you have of progress? Um, so it was at the at the garage. Um, the first pro show I went to was when was the MPS final? No, was it MPS final? No. Oh crap! It was one where Jimmy turned. I think that's um, the fifth show, if I'm not mistaken. No, it was it was, it was my first my first show was chapter nine. Chapter nine. Um, chapter nine. I'm checking. <laughs> Jimmy Havoc progress star. Um, phone just started making noise. I don't know if the turn happened there or they started doing something to do with it there because it was that was my first show, chapter nine. But anyway, so I've been to a few shows and then. Um, the next year, or they, I think at that point, they, the next year they started going to do shows at the um, ballroom and I was at a Endeavour show, I was chatting to Ali Armstrong and he was trying to convince to come down to the pro show. Ali Armstrong, yeah, I remember Ali. Yeah, and uh, in fact, I went to a Rev Pro show once and Marty's girl was telling me I should start wrestling training. Um, but I, I'd actually just started at the time. But anyway, so... Um, I don't want him to go down to the project because he reckons about the, the right size and look for wrestling and that sort of stuff. But I wasn't really, I wanted to do it, but I didn't want it to like, becoming or training to be a wrestler to ruin my enjoyment of wrestling. So um, I kind of just put it off for a little bit. And then like one day uh, in October of that year, so October 2014, I just decided to go training and I just went down to the Projo one day. And that was it. <laughs> and October, October 2014. So that was almost a year until uh, we met. No, actually, we met like six months later because I first, I think you were in one of the sessions that I was in. Yeah, I... October, and then you yeah. and then you went back to Portugal and you came back, right? Yeah, right so I did that? two weeks. Yeah, that's exactly it. I, I did two weeks in London um, in April. 2015, and then I, I went away and then came back uh, in uh, for, for good in August 2015. Did you have I like a really I bad nosebleed or something? I had a what? Like a really bad nosebleed or something. Yes, so it's my first, okay, here we go. First training ever, okay? David Francisco, okay? Like this guy who just decided to go to a different country and it's literally the first impression that everyone, people that I expect to be with <laughs> a couple times a week at least, has of me, okay? First of all, training is at 6.30. My mind is still not working properly because I see 6.30, but I'm thinking in Portuguese time. So I read 16.30. At 4.15 in the afternoon, I show up at the old Projo, still next to Oval. That was my, my tube station, right? And mm -hmm. it's open. It's Ashmore and uh, Damon Moser sitting at ringside watching something on one of their phones. And I'm like, I'm here for I'm here for training, and uh, uh, training is at 6:30, mate. Oh, 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 yeah. I guess it's early. Sorry, I'll go somewhere. And I just went and sat by a park for two hours until it was time for actually 6:30, right? Uh, I mean, Sapu Dragon. 
they always say in wrestling, if you're not early, you're late. So that was you, I was fucking early. Yeah, well, you, you did the right you did the right thing though. So <laughs> I didn't need to be that early though. I guess I just went and watched some wrestling or something um, at the park on my phone, and then I came back to that class. Right, like I meet everyone. There's a lot of people there. It was a tag team class, right? And um, uh, <laughs> they're part of our history. We should just like mention names. Um, and and it is what it is. Does. <laughs> Daz was okay. running the session. It was going to be a tag team session. And I remember at the time, it's like, like my first interaction ever with British wrestling is chapter 13. Progress put chapter 13. It's still there online for free because they had an issue with the camera. So it's just on their YouTube channel. That was like the yeah, first thing that I've ever seen of British wrestling. The hard cam footage was corrupt or something. So they just did Roman. Yeah. 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 Uh, and they put it on, on YouTube. So like, I... Um, I I was at uh, like I was a huge Jimmy Havoc fan, uh, just like as a wrestling fan and stuff, right? I'm like fuck, love this hill work, love what it is. And then Jimmy Havoc walks in, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I guess on my first day, I'm gonna train with the with like the Progress Wrestling Champion. Sure, let's do that. Oh, yeah, cause so, because um, he was having that like, the big hill run and where he was yeah against the, the company, so they kayfabed him being the trainer. They 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 just didn't. Announce anywhere or have it public at all anywhere that he was training. Yeah, like he was I, training. Yeah, I know that the session. Oh, I see. I know that the session was ran by Daz. He did help and give some pointers. Um, but it was good. And basically, we were put in a team. And basically, because obviously I'm the one person that the trainers there don't know, and I just came from another country, I don't know what the experience is. Um, I am put in, so basically we, we worked in the same teams and same matches throughout the entire session. And it's myself teaming with Damon Moser against Danny Garnell and Jimmy Havoc. So I'm like, let's put this guy, we don't know who he's going to be like against like three people we know can, can carry anything if anything goes, uh, anyway. So we were doing a, we were going to do a heat and then a hot tag and Moser got the heat and I was going to do a hot tag. And we had a spot where we we're going to do a, um, like a, a hope spot for a tag and basically what was going to happen is that Danny Garnell was going to bump me off the apron. So I'm there, like, feeding, you know, the side of my face to be to be get hit. And, like, I noticed that he's coming, but then he stopped for some reason. I, I don't know what he was. So I turned to him to see what was up. And it's the moment that I turned to him that he comes and he blasts oh. me right in the nose. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I fall, so, like... You were saying? I remember you... I don't remember seeing what happened, but I just remember you having a bloody nose. I don't know why so, that, that stuck with me, to be fair, because I've seen a lot of people have bloody noses. This was, this was your first impression of me, Roy. It's the first time you're seeing whoever this guy is, right? So imagine, like, it was a small space, so you had the ring in the middle, and everyone was on one side, and then there was, like, a, a small space on the other side of the ring. There wasn't a lot of space on the sides of the ring. And I was in the corner that was on the opposite side to where people were. So I get hit in the nose... I fall to the floor because that's the spot. And I fall on a crash mat that's there. And I immediately feel something coming out of my nose. And I look down on a crash mat, which was green. And there's like red spots on it. Like, oh, great. I'm bleeding out of my nose, which is something that happens to me a lot. I have sinusitis. And at a certain times of the year, because I blow my nose a lot, it dries up. And it's just worse. Right. It's a t a terrible, right? I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to use this. I dip my fingers in the blood on the floor and I rise up and I just fucking do this with the blood. 
and and give like a good a good <laughs> I did it. Fuck, I don't care. And did like a good uh, uh, hot tag and stuff worked well and uh it was a it was a fine set everyone was worried of me and i'm like don't worry guys like my nose is fine it's just like it bleeds really easily because of sinusitis and stuff um and then at the end tom arvin from the geezer said that i was the greatest foreigner that has ever stepped foot in the projo so you know i'll take that i mean yeah but i don't know if that's actually any sort of praise i don't think there's been many I don't care. I'll take it as praise. I'll, <laughs> take, it. I'll take it anyway. I don't... <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take any praise I can. I'll do it. <laughs> any praise you get from Tom Irvin is just take it. He doesn't give it. He doesn't give any out. So, as all. I found out later, yeah. So, like, when for him to say that, I'm like, I guess I did a good job. I feel like um, the way that uh, John and um, and Daz and even Jimmy were asking, like, what my plans were. Um, for the next few weeks, I think they were immediately thinking of putting me in an Endeavor show, uh, but yeah, I wasn't going to be. They were trying to build because, like, I I'm sure that they're, they're trying to just build like a, a Endeavor roster. I'm guessing because um, a lot of the guys who came up around the same time as me and stuff, we all kind of got to a same, similar or same level of us, like all being like show ready and stuff. But then there's also people within that. that core group of people training who are getting really good mm -hmm. and i think obviously it saves progress a lot of money if they're booking the trainees from the project because they have to spend money on x's and have to spend massive wages or whatever um so I, yeah i think there was just generally an interest in getting as many people from the project on those shows as possible um, yeah, I, t I remember having a conversation with uh, with a few key people at Progress that were saying exactly that. It's like they wanted to create and develop talent um, that they would be basically homegrown talent. And I guess somewhere along the way, also because Progress became huge, becomes became bigger than what it was when I moved in 2015, the demand for the quality of the talent and the demand of the fans for the kind of star power that the shows had also increased... And because of that, like that step to progress being a place where stars are created, what did wasn't a priority as much as it was in early 2015. Well, if you Not think sure like, if you felt the same thing. Well, like so, like what I see is because yeah, they they grew like so much to the point they had to move to the ballroom. But the fact that when I started going to watch progress, they were they were selling out shows at the garage, but then it got to the point where. Endeavor grew to the point where we were selling out shows at the garage. And like we we were getting the same same number of, of, of fans in the garage than they were at the at the garage at the beginning, to the point where Endeavor grew so big that they had to have a splinter show called Potential that they ran at Baden, which is where they where they ran the original Endeavor shows. So it was all like just mad growth and stuff. And everyone was I just remember everyone was like fighting and Cameron to get on the Endeavour shows and it was all really in a good way like competitive to get to get to those shows because they were really good but you think about it as, as a, like a trainee you're wrestling on like a show with like 350 people packed venue uh, for progress against you know if you're lucky you got to wrestle established so you got to work with established guys and um and and your, and your friends as well it's just a really cool atmosphere I, I, I used to love those shows they were really cool uh, I, I did a few. I did uh, so obviously like I did tons of potentials. Like we we are going to watch a match that happened on the first ever potential show, 
which was where I had my first match in the UK. Uh, I did Endeavor, I think I did three. The first one was with Moser, where I used the fact that I bleed out of my nose to sell his, his knee. Um, and then I had a match with Mike Itchman. And um, there was a battle royal for a shot at the National Progression Series, which I think you're a part of as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I was. Did you eliminate me or did I eliminate you? I can't remember. I don't I think remember. We had... I, I, I think you eliminated me. It makes more sense. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's Kyle who eliminated me. I can't yeah. remember. But yeah, yeah, I was in that as well. So I remember and, that. Uh, and then the Endeavor shows kind of stopped after that. Because I think like... Uh, this is obviously like this is me seeing what happened and, and take my own predictions but it's like progress started going to more cities and instead of being one big show a month it started being big shows almost every week or at least like there would be two or three chapter shows for progress so like the endeavors kind of stayed behind a bit right yeah like i can't even remember so because i'm not long after that debuted on a chapter show and then mm-hmm. I think the endeavors kind of slowly faded off, and then the potentials kind of faded off as well. Yeah. But um, oh no, they no, they they still did. They they didn't do them at the garage anymore. They they did um, they did potential and endeavor on like double days. They'd have like potential on like say Tuesday, and then endeavor on the Wednesday at Fathom. They just had the Was one it? venue, <laughs> did it there for a bit, and then. I did that for a while. Wasn't that like Freedom's Road tapings as well? Yeah, that was it. Freedom's Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. That's that's what it was. So they so it moved into that, and then that moved to um, the Dome. Yeah, and which was yeah. like the Wednesday shows at the Dome, and then it was a point like I, I remember having this conversation with John. I was like, well, it's just too much, um, and that's when Attack uh, stepped up into, into the Dome. Um, well, yeah, because the guys were doing so much and they had their, obviously, their, their WWE commitments and stuff. It just became a bit much for them to, yeah. to, like, to run, like, three shows a week or in a week or whatever or how many shows a month. And it's just, and at the time, it was still just, like, Jim, John and Glenn. So, yeah, it was a shame. So, I, I love the shows at the Dome as well, man. But anyway, it were, Yeah, it's um, it, it's a really... um. I don't know. It's it just it's I I have this conversation a lot with people, which is just like the idea of um, there was there's a, an issue of timing there. In my case, like I feel like I don't. I am from the generation after yours, right? Like I see with like the geezers and then like Ashmore and and uh, Pastor William Ever, Mambo, like all those guys. Uh, I I'm more myself like at the same generation. Let's call it like that as uh, Mills and the OGMO, and then I see and all that. Uh, no, and there I was like. I mean, I'm in a weird limbo, aren't I? <laughs> of like being part of both. You're in the same class of, so to speak, of of like same generational classes as me. I would have thought. Yeah, but the thing is, I, I was, but I wasn't ready for the shots that progress was giving me at right, the same okay. time that you were. You know what I mean? Like I became ready at the same time as all these guys that we're we're, we're talking about here. Uh, that's why that's why I kind of like place the generations like that. But it's just like a yeah, weird yeah. thing of timing of uh and then like uh, because people sometimes like ask that especially like one of the things that i get asked the most is like when are you going to come back to progress and i'm like one it's 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 weird for you to ask that of a wrestler because 
It's not like the rest of the sides win, you know? When are you going to come back for progress? Oh, yeah, actually, let's do it next week. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm wrestling. Don't stop asking that question to wrestlers. It's awful. It's an awful question. And because we have no control over that. And the fact that people ask you that question reminds you that you're not getting booked at that place either. <laughs> so stop asking it. Stop asking it. Um, there's, it. A, there's a next I'm level thing. <laughs> you were saying? When I was at a program show and a fan said to me, oh, when you, why, why aren't you on, on the shows? Or when are we going to see you next? I'm like, hmm, 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 hmm. <laughs> It's not up to me. Yeah. Uh, when, there's the next level. It's not me. For, the, for those of you watching on the podcast here, like, uh, <laughs> Roy's doing the biggest, like, contagious smile. You know, that smile where you're like, you don't even open your lips. Really funny. It's a great face, man. You should do that face and put it on a t-shirt. Um, I thought I asked that question, but... <laughs> uh, from, I get something that's like the next level of that in Portugal, which is people asking me, like, and I understand, like, people don't have an idea how you actually work. So it's like, so when are we going to see you in WWE? And I'm like, I mean... <laughs> Oh god, that that one as well. That's a, that's a, that's a great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like, uh, it's it's not up to me, but I, I mean, there is obviously, like, don't get me wrong. Obviously, that's you need to put yourself in a position to to be given an opportunity. But like, at the end of the day, it's not like I think people are like the way people put that question is like we can just call and be like, "Oi, next week SmackDown, give me a match, that's, that's okay? Awesome, cool, thank you." <laughs> that's what people think. I get I get asked all the time, like, "How come we not?" When are you going to be on NXT UK? Like, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's like, I don't get to make that decision. I don't know. Yeah, I was, I, yeah, I was just put my gear and see, see if, they, if they got anything. It doesn't, doesn't work that way, unfortunately. None of us know. We don't know until we know. That's... Um, but, but it's like, one of the reasons, like, one of the things that I, like, tell people and people, like, are sometimes don't understand is that um when i was being used by progress a lot was a period where one was a period where um well was a period where i was in development and progress was still able to invest in development like that and then eventually they uh they took another path which there's nothing wrong against that you know it's just the the, the, the path of promotion stake uh and and then because of that it's like progress is using elite talent right and i just i need to become myself an elite talent but it makes sense that a year ago, two years ago, um, that they wouldn't use me because I wasn't at the level of demand. Like, my, I was the level of quality that the fans demand and the show that demands from it. Today, I believe that I'm absolutely not a sore thumb in a progress show. Um, no, but, you know, I'm David Francisco. Big improvement there. You still had a few chapter shows, which was cool. Like, how did it feel to... Um, because I presume because you started at, like, watching Progress shows when it comes to, like, live shows, and you went to the Progress school, it, it probably felt good to be given a shot at a chapter show, right? Do you have any memories of that day? Um, <clears throat> of that day? or Because yeah, the, first, the first one I did was the Wasteman Challenge. Um, and I just remember when I got, when I got the, the date, from Sean, I was a bit surprised. So I thought it was a bit, personally, I thought it was a bit soon. I hadn't done that much on the Endeavour shows. And like the run going into that show, hmm. I hadn't done those shows yet, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I, got, I, got, I got like a bunch of dates or whatever. And then like one of them included a chapter show. But I hadn't done, well, basically, like 
I was I was heel, and then I got all these bookings, and the plan was to turn me face leading into the chapter show, but I hadn't done the turn or the leading into me being a face on the chapter Baby show. Face. So I was like, this is, feels a bit soon or untested or whatever. Um, obviously, I was very nervous. Although I say that I don't really get nervous when I wrestle, like. I get nervous right up until the moment, and then it goes, mm-hmm. and then I'm fine when I'm out there. But yeah. like, um, everyone, everyone kind of, well, not everyone, but like there were guys, who, like, experienced guys who were just really cool about it, and just kind of, and they they they, they had didn't have to at all. Like it wouldn't have affected their them as a wrestler or their position on the card or on the on any show or even affected their career in any way but they're just really cool about it and we were like kind of um alistair black tommy end took me aside and just kind of gave me really really good talk about like kind of just advice and stuff for the first my first chapter show and stuff which um which i really appreciated at the time because it kind of helped calm my nerves like you get you know you know it's like a lot of people who are experienced and on yeah i get it, it can be intimidating it's like and these people yeah. that you look up to even even if you don't uh, yeah, consciously course. understand this it's like it's people that you kind of put on a pedestal because these are the guys that are where you want to be you aspire to be but like a lot of them they just don't they won't give a shit about you or what you're, what you're about to do or what have you and they're yeah. just about their own business but like the fact that he took his time out so um and he was yeah, there's a lot of great stories I hear about him like that. Yeah, no, it's just really cool. So like that stuff like that was good. And then like when I got back after the match, so it was against Dave Mastiff. Um, Dave was really cool. Um, like gave me some good feedback and good advice and stuff. And then other people who I hadn't really interacted with that much, who were on like who quite like, relatively known people, big names and stuff, were just really cool about it and stuff. And it, um, it kind of felt like I I had made a step up, yeah. In in my in my wrestling career after that debut and stuff, and um, people who like who I who I knew quite well, or uh, Jimmy for example, um, I'd seen him at training. Obviously, you know how hard it is to get anything good out of Jimmy, like a compliment or anything. And he's really cool about it as well. And it's just like you know, people kind of opened up to me a bit more after I'd done that, and um, but. And I'll say this as as now and and can continuing on up until you know, this time last year even um, I, I I've never ever felt like I was part of the roster if that makes sense mm-hmm. like I've never really had a run there like I had yeah. bit parts in other people's um, storylines and stuff. But never nothing for myself or whatever. And I was kind of most bookings I got there were last minute. Yeah. Even though I had like the, the regular spot on Super Strong Style weekend, which is I don't know how to start doing that. Two thousand sixteen. So I 16, think you did, did a few years. Yeah. The the Hangover Scramble, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've done that for like the last four last four years. Uh, but even then, that's even though people like kind of assume that's like a annual yearly spot, it kind of isn't really. It's like yeah. I, I get always the last one I did. In fact, yeah, most of them I get. I find out last minute. You know, like maybe like a week off or something. So I've never really felt yeah. like I had like a run there of like like dates and bookings and stuff. So it like, and I think that kind of way of thinking stayed constant throughout. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's, it's just and so it's many fun. people, and they were um, yeah, yeah, just doing so many things. It's hard to, yeah, um, it's hard to like be able to get that shot that way. There's a thing yeah, that yeah. Uh, you're talking about the Wasteman challenges and stuff, and um, I'm actually like, I would love for you to use this platform to like clarify what's uh, what's on my on your mind in terms of your presentation because. Um, there's like you tease a lot of this on Twitter and also when you reply to people and stuff, it's like um you the body guy is is something that you've left behind. There's the big wavy presentation now. Um you you obviously I feel like you wanna be known for more than just you don't wanna be the guy that does wasteman challenges, right? What um how are you thinking about all these things? What's um what's on your mind? How would you like um to for people to like see you if that makes sense as a question i i not like i think first thing to say is like wrestlers we should we should not be like self-aware and play to our strengths and that sort of thing like i know that i'm a better talker than i'm a, than a better talker than i'm a worker or my perception is i'm a better talker than worker hmm. and i can talk but is this your perception of yourself no other people's perception of me okay um that I'm a better talker than I'm a better, than a worker, but that's only because I get put in positions where I talk a lot, and I don't get chance to do any sort of storyline, for example, or um, or a like a series of matches or tell any sort of story in a, in the wrestling ring because yeah, I, I, I guess the majority of people that saw you in a wrestling show have been involved in Wasteman Challenges because it is the biggest platform, uh, well, not counting WWE uh, UK when you did the tournament, uh, but it is the biggest platform uh, that you've seen. So people will, maybe they've only seen you in that set. I, I've seen you in different presentations and sets and stuff, but maybe like the majority of fans have only seen you in that. So I guess that's where that uh, perception would come from. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and that's, the I think, the, my perception, I, I, I could be wrong. Yeah. That's just I think people see me as a as a performer. That I'm I'm more of a talker than, than a worker, and I kind of, which is great because I, I I I take I take the the, the compliment that I <laughs> I have no problem talking on a microphone where I know where some people do struggle. Um, it kind of comes kind of naturally to me because I'm I've always always been an entertainer, so to speak, but. If I wanted to just do that, I wouldn't go wrestling training. I wouldn't go to the gym as much as I do. I wouldn't like you know work work as hard on the the, the physical aspects of, of wrestling and whatever because otherwise it's it's a waste of money if I if I if I'm just gonna yeah. be doing microphone stuff all the time because or not a waste of money. I can put that elsewhere. I can go to flipping acting classes if I wanted to just focus on on that and all I'm the time speaking. I'm talking yeah, yeah. you want to yeah. you want to you want to get to actually wrestle as well yeah because if i if i didn't want to wrestle i'd, I'd happy just i just wouldn't spend the money going to training like wrestling I don't, I don't think people understand it if you're not active like few times a week wrestling wrestling's expensive like ring gear is expensive training is expensive going to the gym's expensive it's all like taxing on your wallet and your mind and your body i didn't want to do the wrestling side of things i would just go and do something else yeah. so like so it's a bit of a annoying that that's my the perception of me is that i'm a, more of a talker than a worker because the way wrestling is going now these days especially on the indies it's just all it's all wrestling there's no there's no entertainment spots in in 
in wrestling. If there is, there's like one every few shows or something. So, mm. like, it's a bit, it's a bit of a tricky one. But then some some promoters, because like for me, for me to get away a, a, around that, I just put myself out there and say, I just want to wrestle. I just want to wrestle. I just want to wrestle. And some promoters are cool. Like we'll have your shows and whatever. They let me do whatever I want to do in wrestling, and that's cool. And then others be like, oh, but you're a character. We need to have a spot for you. We need to have like planned things in for you. And I'm like, that doesn't really help what, I, what I'm trying to do in trying to like yeah. get out and wrestle more. So like, and also as well, I think I'll add to that is progress having the exposure that they do as like a, they're like the, the, the one of the, well, I'd say one of the two biggest promotions in, in England and like the level of exposure you get from them that sets the tone for everywhere else. Yeah. So yeah, like, I was trying to make earlier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll probably go. And I'll I guess, and I guess, and I guess like, what you, but what you're saying as well, which is what I didn't mention. And I think that's what you're getting here as well, is that promoters will want to use on their shows what they saw in that big stage and be able to kind of like sell to their fans, the same thing that was done on that big stage. I think that's the point you're getting at, which is what I wasn't a side of it that I wasn't mentioning earlier, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and is and basically so, and, like go ahead. Yeah, no, and like I, I don't know, I, I don't know when I'm going to wrestle next, so I can't even answer what 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 the plan is and stuff. But like, I, I want obviously I want to wrestle more, and I want to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it really. Obviously, I know I know what I'm good at. I know I'm a great talker. I know my perception is like I'm a good talker. So obviously, you have to carry on talking and stuff. But like, you know, when wrestling comes back, who who knows how long it's going to be around for? We might have to have another like stupidly long break again. I don't want to come back to wrestling and then do a few talking bits and then I can't wrestle again for however, however like it's nearly it's coming up to a year. Yeah, nine months. It's nine months since I last wrestled. Um. I don't want to. I don't want to have that long period away from it again. Mm-hmm. It's crap. So, and yeah. the annoying thing as well is when when I am allowed to go and just wrestle or just like work whatever. The, the thing that I get most of the time is, oh, you can actually go. I was like, it's like, like they they just thought I just talk all the time, which I do. Yeah, but, yeah. You know is what I mean? This, like, is, I have... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mate, mate, I dropped a big part of my presentation for similar reasons. To be fair, like, it's not like people were expecting to see what they saw in the minor shows of progress, but there was a certain, uh, I called it a stink, right? Associated to that presentation. I wanted to completely get rid of it. That's why I completely, like, change it. Uh, You didn't go as radical as me, I think. I think it was just like you did a few tweaks in your presentation and stuff, but I guess you're trying to let body guy behind and just show an evolution of Roy Johnson in wrestling. Uh, and that's well, where this transformation comes from, to be wavy, right? Yeah, like, and the thing is, like, if I, if I, if you don't evolve, you get stuck, you get stuck behind, and like, and people don't. If you if you're keeping like changing what you're doing, and not 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 like complete changes, but like you know subtle changes or whatever, keep keeping people guessing. They don't know what your next move is, and that's kind of a little bit of a. And I always find it a little bit intriguing, and you see stuff like this on like people evolving and changing their characters up on like WWE TV, but it's never really drastic. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, take, for example, if you look at like Shawn Michaels and how his 
change throughout his career, other than like the the, the heel turn when the, when the Rockers split up, his like his his evolution as a wrestler kind of been like it's been like gradual. But then if you look at where he where he where he finished from where like from where the heartbreak kid started and where it's where it finished, it's completely like different. But yeah, it's been gradual like his his evolution as a, like a wrestling character. Um, and he also helps that he's on TV as well. What's that? It helps you like he is on TV as well. He can he can be yeah, a bit yeah. more subtle and gradual with it because he'll be exposed yeah. to the. Uh, the same audience every week, right? You're going to make another point. No, I was just saying, like, if you keep people guessing, keep people moving. Um, you can't, you can't, you're not, you can't be easily like uh, pigeonholed or imitated if you're keeping everything fresh and evolving. Um, yeah, allows still like that's, that's uh, a bit freedom and flexibility you have been on the indies, I guess. But. Yeah, I guess like allows you for you to be like multi-dimensional as well, not be stuck to one thing. Which is nothing wrong with that. But, no. like, maybe you're looking for that ability to be more dimensional. Love Good Times is making a great point here on the chat as well. Thanks for the message. Thanks for being there. Uh, he says, comedy actors also face the same challenge of perception when trying to switch to a more dramatic role. Um, there's a, the, the latest, like, the biggest example that comes to my mind is, and I forget his name because I'm terrible with actors' names, guys. I'm sorry. But uh, it's the guy that was on SNL forever, and he's great, uh, and then went to do It too. Um, what's his name? I'm gonna check his name. I'm gonna find his name. But it's like, <laughs> um, like I have more examples, but it's in Portuguese. Um, but it's in like yeah. from Portugal, actors from Portugal and stuff, which is the the same thing. Yeah, like it, Bill Hader. Um, it's the it's a very like it's exactly that. Love the good times in a way. Um, I think it's just like when because of circumstances or because you chose you you only do one thing. It looks like um people will have the perception that's the only thing you can do when, like, artistically you can do more that in a field, yeah. which is cool. Right, uh, we're going to watch matches in a second, but I want to ask you about something before. Also, um, chat, if you guys have any questions that you want to, or any comments you want to do about the conversation, like Love Good Times did, feel free to drop them there. I'm keeping an eye on the chat. I just want to talk about something that I know it's very important to you, Roy, and I'd like for you to let everyone know so that people know what to give you for Christmas, which is Ibiza. Um, mm -hmm. You um you very Not openly big. like to yeah exactly like you're there right now, it's very uh, hot. as everyone can see yeah it's like it's very daytime cool. as well. Uh, well it's weird that the sun it? it's weird that the sun hasn't set there in Ibiza yet. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, I know it's really bright, but it's, hey, we're here. Managed to get a nice seat. When is your gimmick gonna? <laughs> when is your gimmick gonna become the party guy from Ibiza? That's my question. Here. It's not really a gimmick, though. It's who you are. It's who I am, and I've been living it for however many years. I just hide it, but now I'm not hiding it anymore. So <laughs> it's uh, who you are. I mean, uh, you um, you spent a lot of time in Ibiza lately, haven't you? Yeah, man. Obviously, I'm I'm still here. Obviously. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, but like I, I just decided like, everything was getting a bit much like covid all the stuff going on with like politics and black lives matter and then there was wrestling being gone and speaking out and everything was just a bit doom and gloom over here so i just decided i'm just gonna go to my people for however long i just got in a fight packed a bag in case and just stayed there for 
an undisclosed amount of time and yeah because <laughs> things like, like I, I didn't feel any pressure to be back for wrestling because wrestling wasn't here I didn't feel like oh if, I'm, if I stay out there I'm missing out on stuff because there wasn't anything to miss out on so yeah I was here the entire time I, I can confirm there was nothing for you to miss out on yeah and I think I probably might I would have gone mad if I stayed, stayed in London but without wrestling what, what are they what are they there's only so much wrestling you can watch as well like yeah, if you if you, if you, you can't, a... do it, if you're, if you're not allowed to, uh, or not capable to do it, and then you sit there watching, it's awful. It's actually awful. Or watching a lot of it, it's just oh, I really want to try that out, or I really want to do that, or you know, whatever. Yeah, even yeah. like I want to, I want to just hear a crowd. It's, it's yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. So I just my, like to take my next question is my next question is when are you going to bring wrestling to Ibiza? That's what everyone wants to know. Oh man, I'm trying. <laughs> no, it's really hard. It's really hard without money. <laughs> Is it? Tell me about it. Yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard without money. Um, I had a ha, ha, when I was out there. I say when because I'm still out there now. But I had in the summer a few conversations with like a few like iconic um, daytime event venues about running a show, and they were interested. But because of COVID and stuff, they don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, um, I've had a few wrestling promoters contact me and say they're interested in running the show with me out there. Um, like, yeah, one uh, and, and at, one at who stage. was publicly. Well, yeah, one one, one who publicly said that we, we were going to do this show at some point, and then a lot of stuff happened with regards to them and owing someone money or something. So, I was, so that was that talk dried out. Um, I had yeah. a talk with a big promotion about doing it who said they had wanted to do it mm-hmm. um so that might be a possibility the thing the issue with, with trying to do a show in, in ibiza is getting a ring over there there's no rings in ibiza they've never had wrestling on the island so you'd have to fly or, or ship a ring over from mainland spain yeah which that actually conversation had been had been had about that by getting a ring from barcelona i think yeah, um, and from the costs involved, and then I I, can't, I don't know which was it right. Which might be right. maybe I can't remember who it was. Anyway, so the conversations had been had, but it's kind of one of the things where like someone me <laughs> needs to um, put everything into it, and then just be like right, this is happening now. This is this is the date I'm going to do it. This is where I'm going to do it. This is the money I'm putting down. This is blah 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 like. There had been talks about a roster, um, all, all this sorts of like good conversation had happened about it. It's just nothing definite had been put down. Um, and if I come into a big sum of money, that's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm just going to throw throw money at this my my one big goal that I have left. To one of one of two big goals, three big goals that I have left in wrestling, and to, to put on that show, whether it becomes a regular thing. If it does amazing, if it bombs, I don't care. So I'll just put the money towards it and do it, and then it's done. So it's going to happen at some point. It's just everything needs to align. And yeah, it, it's COVID, not going to happen right now. No, COVID and Brexit are the two. And oh my, man, because like the thing, the thing is with Ibiza as well. I don't know how this will work, but at the moment, um, to be able to work over there, you need to have what they call an NIE. So it's like an identification card that says, even though I'm a foreigner, 
I can still do these particular things in this country. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. No one actually knows actually if, if that's going to change. Mm. Um, if, that, if that's going to change going into like Brexit, because yeah. like this is I'm completely derailing this conversation, but like no, no, I'm loving it. this. This is <laughs> this is what the podcast is all about. Yeah, absolutely. Over over there is is obviously you get a lot of English people. You get a lot of obviously there's a lot of Spanish, whatever, but you get a lot of people from England who go over there. And because of the tourism, the seasonal nature of it, the people who come over, go over to the island, they don't stay. So, like, when it comes to, like, now, for example, wintertime, as you can see, there's no one about. It's dead over, the, over <laughs> this time. Um, so if, if Brexit doesn't allow people to come over, go over there and work, it's not going to, there's going to be, like, not, nothing's going to happen because there's all these things that need doing and no one's going to do it. So. Yeah. Um, well, so, uh, I I have a Portuguese passport, so you know, just saying. If you need to somehow get to, uh, save some time when it comes to booking, I'd love to go wrestle in Ibiza. Okay, that's that's what I'm saying there. <laughs> uh, I'd love that. You're saying they have a few goals in wrestling. Do you want to open the game? It's okay if you want to keep them to yourself. Or would you like uh, to? I'll, I'll set them publicly anyway. So obviously, okay. one of them. And it, I don't have a problem with saying my goals properly. It's, it's manifest my, my goals and where I want to be in, in life. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to say I want to be. I should be on television. So mm. that's, um, that's, that's, one, that's my, my big immediate goal is to get myself regularly wrestling on television. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm a television wrestler, so I should be on television. I'm not, I'm not a, with no disrespect to the Indies, I'm not an indie wrestler television wrestler so i should be on television because mm. uh, if that if that comes across as as big-headed or uh, no, some, i think, think we're gonna take it the wrong way don't take yeah. it the wrong way All I'm saying is, what do you is mean Michael, what do you mean by that yeah. is that like your strengths and weaknesses they fit a environment they, they, like exactly. tv yeah, they're, wrestling they're than yeah. a, an indie show or something yeah i'm i'm built for you know six to eight minute matches i'm not I don't, I'm not interested in wrestling for half an hour. Like it's long, hurts. Mm. Like you know, I, I can talk. I can do all the entertaining stuff. Like I should be on television. In my opinion. That's my goal to be wrestling on television. Uh, so that's one. And and mm. in, and in that as well to have wrestling be what pays for my bills, my mortgage, my lifestyle, all this around me, paid for by wrestling. Um. So that's 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 one. Obviously, another one to do the show in Ibiza. Um, I have an exit plan for wrestling, but that's all determined on how wrestling goes for me. So, um, you know, I want to, I want to end up. Well, t obviously, I've said I mentioned television anyway, but then also transcend into other forms of television and what have you. Um, like I've done, I've done a lot of like background acting and. I was on the extenders last year and all this sort of stuff. So, like, I, I want to go into, like, t like, television after wrestling. But, mm -hmm. like, once... I don't want to leave wrestling when I'm, until I'm physically unable to wrestle anymore. So that's... I'm, I'm not planning on using wrestling as a stepping stone to get somewhere. But, like, yeah, that's, that's another thing. That's other endeavours you can get into. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for wrestling to open up other avenues to me rather than me to use wrestling as a stepping stone to other avenues. Um, yeah, and I want to retire 
in Ibiza where I am now mm-hmm. um, and open a sports bar. Um, and that's that's my retirement plan, just to sit in my sports bar that will probably show the odd wrestling event if I'm not sick of wrestling by then. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely show, like, you know, football, blah, 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 whatever. Be very welcoming to people of all over the world who want to come and watch sport and have a drink and eat some food by the beach in my bar. Don't know what I'm going to call it. Probably something to do with the word wavy because it'll be by the sea and it'll be mine. So. There it is. That's it, really. I don't know. I'm not asking for much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're just asking for the opportunity to build it yourself. Absolutely. Uh, How can people uh, follow you like in places, Twitter and Instagram and stuff? Uh, Don't don't follow me on the road in the streets because that's weird. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Just, just an excuse to show your guns, guys. No, if you listen to this on a podcast, man, he just flexed in front of the camera. Oh, I'm, oh, my back is so itchy, and he just boom showed his guns out. Um. Uh, so Twitter, <laughs> all my, all my, all my, um, all my social media stuffs homogenized. It's all one word, Roy Johnson. Yeah, all the same thing. You type it into Facebook, you find me. You type it into. Instagram, that's where you'll find me. Top it into Twitter, that's where you find me. Top it into Big Cartel, that's where you'll get merch. It's all there. Yeah, it's all there. Roy Johnson, yeah. Uh, if you want to get me by email, my email address is bodyguyjohnson at gmail.com. I haven't... But someone told me you can change your, your email handle and still get your email sent to the same... Indeed you can. But I'm scared to do it. <laughs> you I'm can really also... Yeah, I, I've done it because I had Fantastic David Francisco and I changed it, um, changed my email. So you can definitely do Wait, that. If I email Fantastic David Francisco, will it go to your current email address? Yes. Okay, cool. Send well, me, I'll do send that. Send me an email, Fantastic David Francisco. I'm going to get it on my phone on uh, on my new um, setup of accounts. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't pass that. So there you go. You learn something new every day. So I'm probably going to change go. my email handle soon because I'm like, basically... TK always calls me body guy, and I tell him to stop calling me that because it's not my moniker anymore. And he's like, oh, but it's in your email. I have to call you that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's just TK being TK. But like, t- and I have no answer for that because it is in my that, email address. Yeah, that didn't sound like TK at all. No, no. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It didn't sound like him at all. Definitely, uh, TK is not. But anyway. Awesome. Um, so that's, that's where you can me. find you. You're going to do TikTok? TikTok dances and stuff? Nope. No, I'm too old for TikTok. <laughs> Zero interest that's in TikTok. A, that's a shame. Um, love to see. Big I downloaded it. I did download dance. it. I did download it because I was, I was chatting to a girl and she's telling me to get it because it's fun. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll humor you. It's... And I'll download it and it's awful. It's just awful. It's a I, myth. I'll, I'll be honest. It's a myth. The idea that it's like it's only young people doing stupid dances. There's a side of that on TikTok, but there's way more. It's way deeper. The platform is way deeper than that. I have like yeah. one of the accounts I follow is a, um, she's a like a, a work psychologist. So like she focuses on work relationships and stuff, and it's just her giving tips and talking about psychology and stuff. That's um, a bit deeper. Um... TikTok, it, but right? it, it's on TikTok. No, that, there's so much of that. TikTok is a lot of that. There's like there's the dance section of TikTok. There's the the jokes section of TikTok, and then there's a huge educational section of TikTok. Um, it's it's more than just stupid dances. Just about what you like, what you press like on. 
You just get recommended. Okay, well, I, I, I explored and I hated it. So I, I okay, that's it. it. But you know who's actually really good at TikTok? Mm. Uh, Alex Roth's really good at TikTok. Yeah, man. And he won't take any TikTok slander. If I if I say anything bad about TikTok, he gets really angry. <laughs> nah, it's man. Like, he's a. The thing is, like, it's. It's his strengths, man. It's like the TikTok really points out like the good, the, the really good things he has when it comes to performing and stuff. You know? Yeah, like, he's a performer anyway. But yeah, he loves that. Yeah, he he, lo- he loves it. I I it's not for me, not for me. Like it's not for me either. That's why I do this. Like I'm much better doing two hour streams and stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, man. Great having you on the podcast. No worries, man. Write it down wherever you can do this and get it to uh, pop up as an alarm in like 20 years from now. Remember to go to Ibiza and go to Big Wavy Sports Bar and visit him because he'll be there watching something, running his own business. Maybe 20 years is too early. He's not that old. 40 years, maybe 50. Uh, he says he wants to, re- to, re- to um, uh, what's the word? Uh, retire there. So uh, make sure you go and visit his sports bar when he opens it there. Great conversation with Roy Johnson. I hope you enjoyed it. If you do, make sure you follow him everywhere. Roy Johnson here, Twitter, Instagram. And since you're there, make sure you follow me as well. Uh, DeFrancisco underscore one. This conversation happened on a Twitch stream where we also watched uh, a tag match, the first match that I had in the UK. It was me teaming with him against the Geezers. Uh, We reacted to that match. We also reacted to uh, the, not the latest match we had against each other, but uh, uh, a match that we had against each other in 2019 from Seoul. It also involves Joseph Kafka and the Kafka Cup and uh, this uh, stipulation roulette. It was wild. And that's also going to be these two matches. us reacting to those two matches. I'm going to put them on my second channel, DeFrancisco underscore two. If you would like to get this, to see this, and more content like that, and even content of stuff outside of wrestling, not wrestling related, then that's the best thing to do. Subscribe to me on YouTube, youtube.com slash... No, wait, I don't have the URL yet. You kind of have to search for DeFrancisco underscore two. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I'm going to be back next week. The plan is to have... uh, Fabio Romano and KB Violence. Hopefully the plan doesn't fall through, but uh, I had a great Christmas match last year that involved the two of them and uh, Miss Monica, JJ, and Rex. Uh, It was a Christmas Chaos match. We're going to watch that match on Twitch Monday. Uh, So this Monday, uh, 21st, Monday 21st, around 7 on Twitch. You can find me on Twitch, DeFrancisco underscore one. And um, and I'm also going to have a conversation with them that I'm going to have here on the podcast on Tuesday. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Um, I know that I didn't do the catch-up last week. Uh, it's been a bit hectic, but I will definitely do a catch-up with you guys. I'm going to have and uh, uh, let you know my thoughts of the past two weeks here uh, on Thursday, so you can look forward to that. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.